Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. Listen up. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. You're listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. Welcome in, everybody. It is the Huddle Up! Podcast presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle, powered by Blue Wire Pods. And I'm your host, Chad Jensen. With me, my fellow football priest and the deputy editor of MileHighHuddle.com, Zach Kalberman. Zach, we, uh, like two ships in the night, in comes John Brown, out goes Avery Williamson. Only, I want to start with Williamson because I think you were right. I think it was, uh, you mentioned this at one point, Thursday night's show last week after he had been signed to the practice squad that, hey, as a very recent Pittsburgh Steeler, you know, one of the benefits of signing Williamson is you can debrief him on the defense and this and that and the other. And honestly, Zach, as the Tennessee Titans plundered the Broncos practice squad and signed Williamson away to their active roster, that's the only logical explanation I can come up with as to why that was allowed to happen by the Broncos was that he had kind of already served his purpose and maybe outlived his usefulness, despite the fact he's fast as heck and he's a guaranteed hundred tackle a year guy if you give him sixteen games. Well, that, that really served the Broncos well, didn't it, Chad? Getting the former Steeler in the building against the Steelers' uh, offense and defense. Uh, I read though that he requested his release, and uh, him being on the practice squad, I think he took one look at Denver for one week and was like, "Peace." I'm out of here. I don't want to. I don't want to deal with the situation anymore. And he landed with a contender more so than the Broncos and the Titans, where he has a chance for playing time. He's on the active roster now, so I think this was less about the Broncos side and more about Williamson's side. Listen, I want to play for a better team that's going to actually play me, and the Broncos weren't doing that. I'm guessing it definitely had a lot to do with. Hey, am I going to see any playing time in the near future? Like. I mean, it's one thing to be signed to the practice squad under the assumption or like, you know, the unspoken understanding anyway, that Zach, you're going to soak up the playbook, get up to speed, get into football shape, and then we're going to bring you up. And maybe he just wasn't receiving those assurances, which is to me inexplicable because as much as you and I both think Baron Browning has a pretty bright future in front of him, he's quite far away from that future as it stands today. And in fact, as you read today, Eric Trickle's rookie report card for week five, what few snaps and um, opportunities Browning garnered last week in Pittsburgh, it was evident that he is still behind because remember he got injured rookie uh, minicamp. He was basically out all of OTAs, most of, if not all of, I'm trying to remember almost all of training camp. So the dude from a between the years perspective, Zach still very much playing catch up. God forbid, and I'm knocking on wood, if something happens to AJ, if something happens to Justin Sternod, dude, you're looking at a cliff of despair. Yeah. 
And I think, Chad, the bloom is a little bit... I mean, I can speak... I'll speak for you right now. I think the bloom is a little bit off the Sternod Rose. I mean, he's been exposed... Well, where's my camera at? That was weird. Can you hear we lost, me? We, we can hear you. We just can't see you. Okay. Well, let me try to figure that out real quick. Hey, if, if you want... Paul, I feel like can... Wilson and Home Improvement. You can't see my face. Look, so can hear my voice. <laughs> I'm going to hop out. I'll be right back, though. All right, dude. It's either that or uh, 2001 A Space Odyssey where <laughs> the you... computer is talking to... Uh, what, what's his name? Oh, man. Dave. Dave, right? I, I think Dave. I pissed off the Sternod gods. I'll be right back. All right, buddy. As uh, Zach gathers himself and figures out what happened to the to the uh, camera here, let's grab this very generous super chat from Not Allowed Here. Well, let me tell you something. You're allowed here, my friend. So welcome. Thank you. He says, this is way in advance, but if we fire Fangio next year, if you guys were the GM, who would you personally choose to be head coach of these three? And we've got Zach back in the house. We're answering a super chat here, Zach, from uh, Not Allowed Here. He wants to know, if Fangio is fired, which of these three candidates would you personally choose to be head coach? Eric Bieniemy, Kellen Moore, Brian Dable. Zach, I'll let you start, even though I know the answer. <laughs> Listen up, Broncos country. Tick Pick should be your first choice to buy football tickets because they save fans money by never charging any service fees ever. Tick Pick is the exclusive ticketing partner for the Huddle Up podcast and the Blue Wire Network. Denver Broncos football is finally back, and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find Broncos tickets anymore. Because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NFL tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices on all of their NFL tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site take pick will give you 110 percent of the difference in the purchase price that's right guys when we were searching for tickets for the mhh meet and greet for week three at home broncos versus jets tick pick had us locked down so visit tickpick.com slash huddle today and use the promo code huddle to save ten dollars on your first order of Broncos tickets. Can I just finish up my stern on point? Real oh yeah, quick? yeah. Go ahead, go ahead. Uh, no, all I want to say is he's been exposed as a basically a rookie because his rookie season was a washout. And uh, as good as he could be, like Baron Browning, he has a lot more to go, I think, in his development, and he's not quite there yet. So uh, I think that's why Williamson w- would have worked out. But among these three, I love all three, but Kellen Moore is far and away my guy. I mean, if you watch any Cowboys game, regardless of the talent level, the quarterback, he was doing things with Andy Dalton last year that Pat Shermer could never dream of. He's exactly what they need. He has the respect of his players, the respect of the coaches. He is a head coach in waiting, and if the Broncos should be so lucky, they should throw just wheelbarrows of money at Kellen Moore. He could be your head coach. I think he's ready for that, but what you get is that package deal. He's also your offensive coordinator, and I feel so good about the offense being in his hands, especially like I mentioned this on the last podcast. Let's say they hire Kellen Moore in the offseason. They go out and draft Malik Willis, let's say. That's a really exciting combination uh, for a Broncos franchise, especially when you compare it to the fact they'd be coming off Teddy Bridgewater and uh, Pat Shermer. Wow, we just had two mass, three, two massive super chats and one very generous super chat hit. So let me just reply real quick, and then I'm going to grab Mark. Wow. Uh, first of all, before I grab this extremely generous gesture from our friend, uh, Mark from Georgia, a.k.a. Mark Langley, a.k.a. Big Daddy Mark, 
first, I got to tell you. you that if if I was to pick between those three, I would probably err on the side of Brian Dayball. Not because I don't think Kellen Moore is a great option, and I like the fact he used to be something that would go against a coach, but I like the fact that he's young. But I feel like Dayball really did something special in kind of forcing Josh Allen around the corner. Like he went from being a, Oh, everyone kind of chewing their fingernails. Is this dude going to bust to, okay, this is cool to superstar in a pretty short amount of time. And I really like that. So real quick here, Mark from Georgia. Love you, bro. By the way, if you're with us live and you're, you can see this, he's wearing is Mark. The one, the first actually football priests hoodie. We had the football priests, a t-shirt with our cartoon faces on it, Zach. And uh, we've sold a lot of those to our great community, but Mark actually got the prototype first football priest hoodie that we sent to him. uh, I don't know, a week or two back, but he says, what's up my guys. Thank you, brother. Hope you're doing well. Mark's a huddle up pod trailblazer in more ways than one. You are the man, Mark. Uh, Real quick though, about the, uh, the coaching candidates. Everyone talks about Dayball, Kellen Moore, the enemy, uh, Greg Roman in Baltimore. I'm going to throw two more out. Joe Lombardi, who's doing wonders right now with Justin Herbert and the Chargers, and Joe Brady, who's doing wonders with Sam Darnold of all quarterbacks in Carolina. There's going to be a lot of young, hot, up-and-coming, offensive-minded coaches in the coaching pool in 2022, and the Broncos, they shouldn't dip their toe in, Chad. They should belly flop into that pool and get their guy and start to move in the right direction, the 21st century NFL. It really does feel at this point fate accompli, that it's only a matter of course that, you know, three months from now we're going to be breaking down either who the top candidates are for real because there is a coaching vacancy or, you know, analyzing the newest hire. Josh, appreciate all the stars and support, my friend. Great to have you with us. And on that note, Zach, since we're talking Facebook here, let's do an update on where we're at on the Patrick Sertan jersey giveaway that Josh, he's moved up the rankings. Uh, Let me first just show everybody where we're at there. Uh, We are trying to get, for those of you wondering what's going on, and remember, we have to start from scratch on this every time because the show grows exponentially every single day. We have hundreds of new listeners, viewers across our different platforms that might not always know what we're talking about unless we tell them. But we're raffling off a Pat Sertan jersey if we hit 250,000 stars on Facebook. Stars are a way that our Facebook community can support what we're doing as analysts, as content creators. And it really does go to help keep the lights on. Right now, we're at 24% complete. We're well past 24% of the month. So we are still a little bit behind the eight ball here, Zach. But we've made up some ground in the past two or three days. So I'm starting to feel a lot more confident that we're going to be able to hit that goal uh, by the uh, 1st of November and raffle off a jersey from Pat Sertan to our Facebook community. And here's who is in the running. The only people that are going to be eligible for that raffle are those who contributed to the goal And here who is going to have the most tickets in the hat. Randy Jones, now in sole possession of first place with Mama Muti at number two. Michael Ronquillo at three. Lawrence Rivera, four. Josh Hoyle, climbing up at five. Andrew Lampy at six. Pete Middleton, seven. Shane Daniels, good dude. We got to hang out with him a couple weeks ago at eight. Tim Hoffman at nine. Gary Leeds Palmer at ten. And let not your hearts be troubled if you think, like the Duchess here, that we would Uh, not also have something to recognize our YouTube community. We're also going to raffle off the uh, Pat Sertan jersey to the top five finishers on Super Chat in the month of October, but we're also going to raffle off some really cool stuff 
to each tier, breaking it down. Um, after the top five, we'll go the next 10, then the next 10, some cool giveaway stuff. So everybody on YouTube uh, that are supporting us on, on Super Chat is in the running. But here, first of all, let me show you the top five as it stands. Michaela at one, Chris Hernandez at two, Mark Langley at three, and that's only going to be climbing tonight. Zeus at four, the queen at five. All right, that's your top five as it stands today. But look at these risers, okay? You have Ron Dub rising up. In the Shop with Willie has risen. Damian Clark Warren, Aaron Peluso, Tony D.A. Dub, another great superstar, Zach, we got to meet in Denver. Mm -hmm. uh, Vincent Pulowski, Malcolm Brown, Christian, a.k.a. A team, is it Jokic or Jokic? I can never remember, dude, because I don't watch NBA. It sounds ridiculous, but either way, good job, you guys. We appreciate you. Um, Michaela. Thank you. You're the bomb. What more can be said other than Thank you, you are the bomb? She says, what are your thoughts about the Raiders? Oh, I missed that. Did you see? What are your thoughts about the Raiders interim coach? Heard he is good. Will he outcoach Vic Zach? Uh, Rich, Rich Basaccia, he's a very well-respected guy. I believe he's the special teams coordinator for the Raiders. I'm surprised they didn't go with an offensive or defensive coordinator, but I, I think he's what the Raiders need right now, which is a stable guy who has the pulse of the locker room. He's respected around the NFL. I don't know that he can out-coach. I mean, it's not tough to out-coach Fangio, but that's a big assignment for him, going to Denver in his first game, taking over a team in absolute turmoil right now who's coming off a two-game losing streak. This is a a pivot point for the Raiders as well as the Broncos in that they're either going to rally around the Gruden resignation or they're going to further implode from it. And uh, if Pisaccia is as good as his peers say he is, then I think the Raiders can put up a chance. But like I put on Twitter, chat, if the Broncos coming off two straight curb stompings, returning home, if they can't beat a hated rival whose head coach just resigned in disgrace, they have just ended. The Vince Carter, it's over. Gift. That's what it is for the Broncos season. So they should be able to win this game, but I would never put anyone, uh, including you, Michaela, past the ability of outcoaching Vic Fangio or anyone on the Broncos coaching staff. For what it's worth, and Zeus, love you, bro. I see uh, you. two from Zeus. Two, one, uh, two very generous super chats. Love you, bro. You the man. Hope you're doing well. I've been meaning to actually reach out to you and see if, uh, as you can see on the screen here, very generous is the first face. In the MHH Thank Superstar you, Mount Rushmore, Stu McPeak. But I've been meaning to ask you with all these um, weird Southwest cancellations and whatnot, if what you've heard on the ground, I know you don't work for Southwest, but you're in that business. So uh, one of these, it, I'll reach out to you. But it, uh, it ain't the weather. I'll tell you that. I don't think so. It doesn't really appear to be. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. Now, back to the <laughs> point of this uh, Rich Bisaccia. Um it, it, it pardon me. It is a little bit of a head scratcher till you realize, though, he was the team's assistant head coach. So even though he's the special teams right. coordinator, when push came to shove and Mike Mayock and the owner Mark Davis thought who was going to pass, you know, take the baton, who who can handle the, you know, management of the team as a head coach, they went to him as the assistant guy. But Zach, here's here's why I think, and then we'll grab uh, Antonio. Here's why I think the Broncos are going to win this game, all right? It's not even so much, Zach, because uh, the Raiders are in turmoil. They're reeling. It's not even so much that. It is that <clears throat> Mike Shanahan is being enshrined in the Ring of Fame this week. And Mike Shanahan and his connection to the Raiders and how much of a uh, burr under 
Al, the late Al Davis's saddle he was after Al Davis essentially screwed him out of hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars, when he temporarily took the Raiders head coaching job back in the day. And uh, Davis stiffed him on money. Mike made it his business to take it to the Raiders each and every time the Broncos drew him on the schedule, which, of course, was twice a year. So it would be it would seriously aggrieve the football gods if on the day you're celebrating the enshrinement of Mike Shanahan, if that's what you would call it, into the ring of fame, that you would fall not only to the Raiders, but to a Raiders team in utter disgrace and turmoil, then yeah, you've not only got a problem here, but like it's DEFCON 1, time to call the curtains on this whole ball of wax. But that's why I think the Broncos find a way to win this one. I mean, how many times have we said the last couple of years, Mike Shanahan ain't walking through that door? Well, this time he actually is. And it's another rallying point for the Broncos. They shouldn't need any more motivation other than they've been utterly embarrassed two weeks in a row and their hated rivals are coming into their home for the first meeting of the season. And don't forget, the Raiders swept the Broncos last year. you think they'd be fired up from that and passionate about that. But right. once again, you can't put it past Vic Fangio for his team to come out flat like you saw against Pittsburgh. And I wouldn't be surprised if the opposite is true for the Raiders. They come out with uh, urine and vinegar against their hated rival and have a lot of passion and get up for this game. By the way, I'm told I, I flashed the wrong sheet for the superstar rankings. This is the correct sheet. My bad. Okay, Michaela is at number one. She was number one before. Naj was number two, dropped to three because the queen jumped to number two from 12. Shane Daniels mm -hmm. in the top five, chilling at four. BG, as we lovingly call him, Brian Greenfield at five, dropping from three. And here's the risers and fallers. You can kind of see how it's shaken out there. But anyway, my apologies for flashing the wrong screen there. Antonio, thank you for being a patient boy. Great to have you with us. He says, it hurts not seeing Noah Fant involved in the scheme. I just want an electric offense because we haven't seen one from the Broncos since 2013. Hashtag Broncos country. Zach, it was a prime topic of discussion today at Dove Valley in terms of Fangio addressing it. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater addressing it. Long story short, you know, the, the hue and cry from the fans and media about Noah Fant's freaking disappearance in this offense, it's either going to be, Zach, a wild overcorrection, whereas Teddy Bridgewater says he, you know, gets 12, 13, 14 targets or something, or it's going to continue because, you know, it's a symptom of an underlying greater issue, which is Pat Shermer as a tactician and X's and O's artist, but I do think you'll see Noah Fant uh, be a little bit more productive this week. I mean, yeah, I mean, if you want electric, uh, Antonio, I hate to disappoint, I think you're going to have to wait at least until next year. We all want the super soaker, but we're getting the water pistol for the Broncos offense. And the thing about Noah Fant, if he gets 15, 20 targets, you know what? Good. Throw him the freaking football. Don't throw Deontay Spencer a fade route with the game on the line. Throw, the, throw that up to Noah Fant, who can be a perennial Pro Bowl player if given the opportunity. But what do the Broncos do instead? They have him one-on-one -on, -one on an island blocking TJ Watt. They don't throw him the ball, but they'll put him one-on-one -on -one against one of the best edge rushers in the entire game. So I would love for him to get more involved, and I think maybe Ted Teddy's, now he's returning from the concussion a week removed from that. Maybe they'll make it a point like they did against uh, with the running game, at least early on in the game, they overcompensated with Javante Williams, Melvin Gordon. They hammered the ball, hammered the ball. That, of course, disappeared as Pat Shermer always kind of uh, shrivels up in the moment of adversity. But I hope 
Fant gets his opportunity. He's a great player. I want to see him blossom. Gary Leeds Palmer, thank you for the stars, my brother. He says, good evening, Broncos country and priests. Great to have you, bro. Uh, we got Mr. Stu Meat in the house. He has returned his YouTube handle back to the closer, anyway, approximation that it once was, which was just Stu Meat. Now it's Mr. Stu Meat. Thank you for that super sticker, bro. Uh, we got Doug Reichel. Am I Reichel? Reichel? Reichel. I'm going to say Reichel. Uh, with some stars and some serious stars, by the way, 830 stars, man. Appreciate that, Doug. You demand. If you have any cool. topics you want us to get to, put it in the chat. That's a cool cat, too. Shane, dude, flexing out on both lists in the top. This is a uh, ride-or-die shotgun-type member of our community, and it was fun hanging with him. Hamler. Hamler. I'm just going to walk in after this, sit down to dinner with my family, <laughs> and when I sit down, I'm just going to go... Hamler. Hamler. <laughs> and my wife's going to be like, say, huh? Hamler. And hopefully she'll be able to deduce exactly what I'm trying to say. What I'm really trying to say when I say Hamler is how are we going to replace the production of KJ right. Hamler or his speed in this offense? What's your opinion on John Brown, says Shane? Can he be the Hammer Hamler replacement? I got it. Um, so, yeah, he could he? I think he could. Um, he's a significantly more proven player, but you got to worry a little bit. I think Zach about that sickle cell thing. I mean, yeah. it was brought up, I think chase, thank you for mentioning this in the chat that Rod Smith, who is the most prolific wide receiver in the history of the franchise was also a sickle cell carrier. Uh, maybe I'll learn about this in the rod effect that y'all can buy. I, he's not paying me to show you guys this. All right. But the rod effect, Fair warning, it's half um, motivational, half like, you know, self-help business acumen, half telling his story uh, as a pro. But what are your thoughts, Zach, on John Brown? Well, a lot of fans are speculating because he does have the sickle uh, cell trait that he's only going to play road games. I don't think that's the case. I actually saw uh, a past interview with one of a doctor or something where he actually explained how John Brown can play through the Denver altitude and inside it's not going to affect him. He could be your replacement. David Moore could have been your replacement, but it doesn't matter who you have on your roster if the offensive coordinator is not finding ways to get the man the football. Same with Noah Fant, same with any other player on the Broncos offense. He's a great ad in week six, and this is why uh, I would not put the blame of any of this on George Payton's feet. To get a player of John Brown's magnitude, twice a thousand-yard re receiver, the man known as Smokey because he's so fast, ran a faster 40 time than Lamar Jackson. I mean, that's a great week six pickup off the street by George Payton. He can pick the groceries with the best of them, but it's not going to matter if they don't have the right cook in the kitchen to utilize those ingredients. He could be the replacement, but until the Broncos demonstrate an ability and a competency to get players the football, we don't know for sure. Always dropping class one metaphors on this podcast. Pete Middleton, what's good, bro? Appreciate you being with us. He says, we need a win to get some positivity going and you ain't a kid. And thank you for the stars as well, Pete. Um, yeah. I mean, it's a dark cloud hanging over this team right now. And the only thing that cures is winning, winning cures all Andrew Baker says, and thank you for the stars, brother. He says, it's time for Pat Shermer to call the annexation of Puerto Rico. Hashtag MHH for life. Hashtag Denver Broncos for life. Yeah, dude, he's, he's got to turn the ship around and thank you for the stars, Mark. You demand brother. How about annexing him to Puerto Rico instead of having him call the play? Just keep him over there. Away By from the way, Broncos. 
this uh, profile pic that you're rocking now on Facebook, Mark, of uh, – is it Galifianakis? How do you say that? Zach Galifianakis? Yeah, Galifianakis, yeah. Galifianakis. Um, that movie that he's in there, <laughs> I just thought of the funniest part. I don't even want to say it. It's not that. It's it's relatively family-friendly. What's it called? Uh, uh, the Fart Transplant uh, movie. Oh, man. I, now I can't remember. But either way, I'm a big fan of uh, of Zach G. Due Date's a good movie with uh, Robert oh, Downey dude, Jr. So underrated. Due Date, so underrated. Great movie. I'm, I'm a movie nerd, but Colby. Maybe my Broncos country name should be Colby Not Wadman. Yeah, we can call you that, Colby Not Wadman. Colby, yeah, Wadman. Whatever happened to him after the Broncos hey, cut bait? He, he's delivering pizzas again, probably. Oh, is he? Okay, cool. <laughs> hey, man, when I was in college... I made some decent money delivering yeah. pizzas, man. When when people were in the right mood, those tips come in, keeps you busy. You know, you listen to podcasts and, you know, that was before podcasts and, you know, my college days. But nevertheless, uh, BD, Bradley, what's up, bro? We got to hang out with the bus driver. <laughs> Very cool at, guy. Uh, the meet and greet. He's uh, greeting everybody and he says, I have faith that George Payton will be able to get us good coaches next year if necessary. He did a great job this offseason. He did. He really did. Um, the only thing you can really – we still are always going to wonder about the Philip Lindsay thing, but the only thing you could really pick nits on, Zach, is his decision at pick nine in the draft. I'm not uh, that, that. that can only be decided, though, Zach, in hindsight. There has to be a right. sample size of time that transpires before we can look back and see if he made the right decision. I think as it stands now, not taking Justin uh, Fields or Mac Jones – I couldn't see either one of those guys coming here and doing anything for this team because lame ducks. You got lame ducks calling the shots. And you have bad ducks calling the shots. I mean, I would hate to see, you know, Kyle Shanahan's getting a lot of heat right now for how he's utilizing uh, Trey Lance uh, at quarterback, starting quarterback now. Uh, they're not utilizing his abilities completely, his dual threat abilities, letting him take a lot of unnecessary hits. And I think it'd be a lot worse considering he was such a raw prospect if you brought him to Pat Shermer's lair in Dove Valley. Same for any young quarterback. So I think they made the right move there. And it was the year of the incumbent. So why not bring a, an incumbent holdover quarterback? But yeah. To the, the people in the comment section that say that Peyton is going to pick from the Vikings tree for his head coach, I don't think so. I think he knows which way he needs to go, and I think he's going to blaze his own path and uh, really choose the right man for the job, not give it to be a guy because he has familiarity with him, to answer that Be question. Besides, and thank you, Michael. Great to have you with us, brother. Appreciate the stars as always, my friend. Um, besides, who is he going to pick from the tree? I mean, Gary Kubiak hung up his coaching cleats. Are you going to take his boy? No. I mean, I haven't been too impressed with what I've seen up to this point. I wouldn't take Clint, no. I mean, Kirk Cousins is kind of underrated. He's playing pretty decent football in Minnesota, but that's not the inspiring hire when you compare him to a Kellen Moore, the enemy, you know, Brian Dayball, et cetera, et cetera. And by the way, DeAndre, I think we got this. Will he be used right? I mean, uh, we didn't quite talk about it in this. And thank you for being with us, DeAndre, and all the support you, you give to our show and, and to MHH. Will he be used right? Look, the cool thing about John Brown, in my estimation, Zach, is, as I said, he's, he's, you know, you could argue he's suddenly already, at least as it relates to the NFL, this team's most accomplished wide receiver. He's certainly the one with the most, uh, you know, years in the league. A pair of 1,000-yard receiving seasons. Cortland's got one. Uh, he's got two, and he's been in the league, you know, five, was it 14? When did he come into the league? You did the piece. 
Anyway, it doesn't 14. matter. 2014, I want to say. And he can do more than just run down the field in a straight line is my point. You know, it's a matter of, you know, letting him get his, his legs underneath him, understand the scheme, and then get him on the same page with Teddy. And thank you, Rory, for the super sticker, my friend. Um, and by the way, welcome. That's a newer name, Zach. I don't welcome. recognize Von yep. Brute. Uh, but yeah, John Brown can do a lot for you if the coaches have the sand, the wherewithal uh, to implement that. You know, I was thinking about uh, before, though, we had the same kind of question about K.J. Hamler. And I was just thinking, what was Pat Shermer doing with K.J. Hamler? I mean, let alone his replacement. He was being underutilized as well. We were still screaming for more jet sweeps and getting the ball in his hands. And uh, they took some deep shots in the preseason toward him. And you saw it in the Vikings game with Drew Locke. But they went away from it. And they're treating him like an outside possession guy, not a speed demon. So until, again, that mindset changes, and if it ever does, with Pat Shermer knowing to get his guys the football and when, we can't put any prediction or pin in John Brown's projected stats. Dylan, appreciate you, brother. Another great member of our community. Helps out as a moderator uh, that we got to hang out with at the meet and greet. I can't wait to do that again, by the way, because not only was it just great to meet so many of you, but we learned how to make it even better next time, you know, by doing it one time or like, all right, this is cool. We learned continue to do this. Maybe don't do that. Uh, do more of this, less of that. It's going to be so cool. And next year we're going to do it definitely more than once. Probably not again this year, but next year we are going to ha- schedule multiple uh, meet and greets at the stadium. It's going to be a gas. So he says though, does Dylan, the play calling limits all QBs who dare enter. And this is, Absolutely true, and it's why you can't, even if you were in that camp that resented George Payton for not taking a quarterback at pick nine, this is why you can't get two out over your skis on that because you, you would have ruined the pick. You would have ruined the guy. You would have brought him here. Pat Shermer, look, I, I still have faith in Mike Shula to a point, like in terms of like pointing the finger, who are the perpetrators, who is most complicit in – the way this offense has shaken out in 2020 and 2021, I point to Pat Shermer. Mike Shula, I mean, he's the guy that takes marching orders. He's not calling plays. He His job is to teach and coach the quarterbacks. And, you know, I guess you could, you could argue whether or not he's done a good enough job there. But Pat Shermer, would you really have entrusted a top 10 quarterback to a coordinator? If you really want to know the answer, why George Payton? Oh, we lost Zach's camera again. Nope, now he's uh, back. All just good. kidding. If, if you really want to know why George Payton uh, dragged his feet on taking the cue at night, it's because he knew this coaching staff, you know, it's a 50-50 chance that they'd be around next year. And if you did take a quarterback, you risk ruining him by subjecting him to perhaps a lame duck coaching staff that could perhaps ruin him. Imagine your play calling limiting Teddy Bridgewater. I mean, think about that for a second. The Carolina Panthers were getting decent production because they had top-notch coaching with Joe Brady. But Bridgewater was always kind of a mediocre, maybe, maybe above-average quarterback. It's one thing to limit Drew Locke's potential in a Pat Shermer system, not taking advantage of deep shots and his arm strength. But when you don't even unlock what you have in Teddy Bridgewater, that's an indictment in itself on Pat Shermer. The guy is terrible. Let's grab uh, Lawrence here. I saw a uh, Seth Harmon mega chat come in that we could we should grab next, and then I want to grab this question from uh, James Koch. So, Lawrence, thank you for the stars, brother. He says, hey, what's up, guys? Do you think 
We should take the chance now and cut our losses and actually go and seek out somebody uh, to, for coach, or should we wait till the season's over and see what's around uh, then, but compete with other teams for someone? I don't think it would serve you. You're not going to get really a tactical advantage by getting into the hunt in mid-October than you would at the start of January because all those coaches um, – that you're going to be interested in have jobs right now and they can't do anything wow. until their season is over anyways. That look at this Seth bomb we got here though, Chad, it's, it's crazy. Seth Harmon, 99, 99. Thank you so, so much. It, it literally like I, I lost focus on what you know, the last uh, comment was. Uh, but yeah, I think the Broncos are going to ride it out right now. They can't hire someone anyway. And uh, they're still three and two, a lot of season left to go. I think it's still premature to talk about that. But Seth, man, thank you so, so much. He goes, how do you guys feel about Callahan this year? I haven't heard his name a lot. Should they resign him? You know, Seth, it's funny you say this, and I, I know it sounds like I'm just saying it, but I was going to actually tweet this. They should definitely re-sign Bryce Callahan because you're not hearing his name for a reason. He's being a lockdown defender in coverage. He's not giving up big plays uh, like Kyle Fuller. He's not whiffing on tackles like Pat Sertan at times. He has been just locked down completely out there. And, and as long as he stays healthy, he showed it last year. He was on... I think pace or trajectory for maybe all pro pro oh, bowl yeah. status no and uh, until the foot injury uh, torpedoed another year for him. I think if he stays healthy, you see that potential coming out. So if, as long as he remains on the field, I would definitely invest in him and maybe let Kyle Fuller go. Yeah. I mean, it's a little bit of a risky proposition because, you know, I say this and I'm touching wood as I do it. You don't know how many games he's going to give you from a, year in year out basis but he's playing so well yeah i mean you're not seeing these huge like um splash plays in terms of interceptions a la champ bailey back in 05 where it's an impact play every time you turn on the tv but <clears throat> usually when a when you're not hearing a corner's name ever on a on a snap in snap out basis it's because they're doing their job they're either covering their guy or quarterbacks simply aren't going their way which either way they're doing their job uh pete middleton if Shermer gets sacked, then where does he have to go? I doubt anybody will want him as a quarterback's coach, especially as he used to be a head coach and may try to show his experience in, in uh, quotations. You know, it's funny because I'm trying to think now whether Pat has ever actually held a quarterback's coach job. I remember him being the tight end. Starting O-line coach is how I think he started with uh, Andy Reid in Philly back in the day, then became a coordinator then when he got after he got his head coaching first job and didn't work out, he had to go be a tight ends coach for the Minnesota Vikings before he got another swing at the plate as a head coach. And now he's back as an OC. That's a good question, Pete. But if that's how it shakes out, hey, it's not our problem anymore. Exactly. Right? Who cares? Exactly. That's what I was thinking. I don't know anyone that would want him even as a quarterback's coach, considering you can argue that he ruined Locke's development and didn't really do anything for Bridgewater so far in Denver. Um, but it's a good old boys kind of league. And there's so many retreads that get second and third and fourth opportunities. It would not surprise me down the road if he ended up on another staff, maybe as an assistant or as an advisor, consultant, whatever. But I want him nowhere near the Broncos. That's for sure. Yeah, maybe he goes home, you know, goes back to Andy Reid or some point go. as an assistant. I'll, I'll pack the bags. Go. Nathan, thank you for that super sticker, by the way, brother. Appreciate the support. James asked, uh, very appropriately, what's going on with the Raiders health-wise? What's the story? Uh, let's look at that real quick, and then we'll look at the Broncos. So, 
you know, you're more than a quarter of the way into the season now, and you would expect to see a relatively long list on the injury report. Theirs is actually longer than Denver's. Uh, here's who didn't practice today on Wednesday. Big defensive tackle Jonathan Hankins uh, did not participate with a hip. And then Carl Nassib, the defensive end, uh, has a rib thing, but also listed as a personal reason why he didn't uh, practice. Yannick Ngakwe, their rush uh, edge rusher, did not participate. He's got a knee. They also categorized it, Zach, here under rest, so probably still on track yeah. to play. Uh, Waller, the tight end, did not participate. Same thing, knee, resting. And then limited, you've got a lot of guys that are limited, and then full – a lot of guys as well who are banged up but are finding a way to fight through it. So they're uh, the walking wounded as much as, if not more, than the Broncos. You look here, Alexander Johnson, they rested him today. Same with Bobby Massey. Uh, Kareem Jackson's got a back, so that's something to kind of monitor going forward. Melvin Gordon, the hip, didn't participate. And Mike Ford, of course, didn't participate. And then, you know, Von Miller, they just rested him. Mike Purcell's got a back, but he did participate limited. Darby, good news here, gang. Full participant. This gives you a shot, as was Harris, Shelby Harris, Justin Simmons, and Cortland Sutton. Zach, this gives you a shot. If Kyle Fuller does not quickly turn the ship around, you gotta you've got a guy who can step in and give you plausible cornerback one production. Well, you know, looking at the Raiders roster, it's just a, a random mismatch. Uh, you know, mismatch of. Uh, Young and old talent, veteran retread signings they made. It's interesting, though, for Melvin Gordon. They didn't put rest there. He was just a DMP, you know, off the bat. So I think he'll play, but it's always something to monitor when a running back has a hip issue. Uh, they're getting healthier at certain areas. You know, Jerry Judy's a few weeks out still, but uh, they're getting Ronald Darby back. They're probably going to get Mike Boone back, the running back. I have a story about that uh, coming up after the pod. Be sure to check that out. But they're getting healthier, you know, as we approach midseason now, and I think it bodes well for whatever chances they have left to crack the tournament in January. Swag Nation jumping in. Good to see you. Thank you for the super chat, bro. I'll say this again. Fire Shermer, promote Shula to OC, and then bench Teddy because he plays it too safe and it cripples the offense. No comment? No, I'm not I'm not that down on Teddy. You guys know <clears throat> that uh, this podcast questioned the decision to go with Teddy uh, quite severely. Time will tell in the final analysis whether it was the right call. I mean, it was all about, Zach, capitalizing on this year. It was all about saving jobs. You know, what's the safest bet, Teddy? Oh, and then the Duchess with another very generous super chat. You're the bomb. Who will be the head coach and quarterback next year? The combination? Hard to say, but it will be an offensive guy. Trust on that. So I'm just going to throw one at you. Let's say uh, Brian Dayball and Malik Willis. How that could that I get could you excited? It. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm getting pretty excited thinking about that right now, Chad. Um, you can also this is something out of kind of outside the box, but I mentioned uh, Joe Brady out there in Carolina. He coached last year Teddy Bridgewater. So if they want to keep him around as a hold the fort guy, that's obvious familiarity there. Um, my guy for head coach is still Kellen Moore. Uh, quarterback, you know, Spencer Rattler with Kellen Moore, that's fascinating. You talk about the upside there. That is like meteoric upside. So I think it's going to be an, uh, for sure an offensive-minded guy, but quarterback more than likely a rookie. But don't 
as Fangio would say, go to sleep on the possibility of Bridgewater returning if he holds, you know, if he holds steady this season as a band-aid veteran backup mentor or whatever, and they go after his former coach and Joe Brady. Yeah, I mean, interesting topics that unfortunately we have to talk about now. It's like Eric Trickle immediately following the Steelers game. I I, I think I mentioned this either. I think it was Sunday for the gut reaction. I mentioned that he reached out and said. Hey, can I write up a top candidates article to replace Fangio? And I, at the time I said, well, pump the brakes. It might be a little too soon for that. And then he reached out again. I think it was today. Hey, you still want me to hold the fort on that? And I said, no, nah, let's go ahead and get that written because it just feels like it's trending that way, you know? So might as well get out in front of it. David Wilder. Good to see you, bro. Thank you for the stars and all your support. He says, do you think the Raiders coaching situation will affect Raiders prep? and help the Broncos in any way this Sunday. Hashtag mile high huddle, go Broncos. Um, I think it helps the Broncos no matter what. I mean, it's mass chaos going on there. Teddy Bridgewater said today, it was interesting actually, Zach, two things um, that that I found uh, edifying in his observations on the Raiders. First off, he thinks that Derek Carr is going to galvanize his guys and that he's a great man, that Derek Carr is a great leader. And then he also talked about how Derek Carr would reach out to him after his very grievous knee injury and check on him and, you know, just help kind of encourage him. And it sounded like that relationship was kind of sparked from Teddy reaching out when he was new to the league and young in his career in Minnesota, reaching out to Derek because they came in the same draft class, right? It went uh, Teddy, the last pick in the first round to Minnesota. And then early in round two, the Raiders took Derek Carr. Both ended up playing early in their careers and Teddy reached out to Derek Karzak because of the beautiful deep ball this man throws, which he does throw a pretty deep ball. Raiders fans would lament that he doesn't throw it often enough, but he does have a great deep ball. Broncos fans have seen Pause. it. You know, it's it's cost the Broncos many times. But I thought that was interesting to see. Hey, how do you, you know, how do you get such a beautiful ball? How much air? And, and you know, whatever these quarterbacks would talk about to kind of get the uh, inside football type insight. Whoa, we're talking PSI and footballs now, Chad? Where's Tom Brady at when you need him? Uh, The thing about this game with the Raiders, it's, like I said earlier, it's a pivot point for both teams. I think they're either going to rally around the turmoil and the sudden resignation of John Gruden, and they're going to use that as self-inner motivation against their hated rival, or they're going to further crumble. I don't really see the latter happening under Rich Bisaccia. I think they're going to fight pretty hard, and I also don't think... He was as despised in the Raiders locker room, Gruden was, as a lot of the media would want you to believe. We haven't really heard any current Raider come out and just trash Gruden for uh, anything he did during his time there and on the field as a, as a coach, obviously. But it's a pivot point for both teams, for sure. And, and both seasons are kind of on the line. You know, they're coming off both two-game losing streaks. It's, it's a it's pretty monumental game when you talk about the, the momentum of the season. And also... It doesn't really matter how the Raiders play. If the Broncos come out flat and shoot themselves in their own foot, it's not going to matter anyway. So the Broncos have to worry about the Broncos, but if they can't take down this Raiders team uh, days after their head coach resigns, they don't deserve to go to the playoffs. Point blank. Well said. James, what's going on, buddy? Appreciate the stars. In fact, on this topic, before we grab James's actual topic and question here, Here's just a, an update on where things stand tonight on Stars. Shane Daniels is at the top with Doug Raquel, uh, Raquel, 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 
at uh, two, Josh Hoyle, Michael Ronquillo, Mike Reno. Thank you, Mike. Uh, Mike's, both Mike's, Mark Johnson right there, Andrew Lampy, Pete Middleton, Colby C. Collier, Andrew Baker, Gary Leeds Palmer, and Lawrence Rivera. Love you guys. Appreciate those stars. It's supporting the cause. Trust. James Grossman says, hey, fellas, love the relentless stream of Broncos content you keep sending our way. Keep it up. So with Kyle Fuller's performance on the decline, do you think Michael O.J. Moody gets more of a chance to redeem himself? Well, he has to come off injured reserve first off. Um, once that happens, and I think it will happen at some point this season, um, I don't know how much it really has. As long as you know Darby stays healthy, you've got if if you have to sit Kyle Fuller down, Zach, you've got a pretty still healthy, serious trio in Sertan, uh, Callahan, and Darby. So I don't know how much it would really help Michael O this year, but you never know. But what, you know, what would it say if that would be the case? They'd be sitting down a $10 million a year player in Kyle Fuller for a third round pick who wasn't exactly overwhelmingly great as a rookie. I know Fangio should play the best players, but I'm, I'm kind of right there with you. I don't think Fuller is going to return next year. And I think he'll be healthy. Hopefully Michael Lowe, this was maybe a washout season for him. He's still part of the plans, but in terms of him swooping up the depth chart and replacing a player, making that much money, I don't see it happening right away, but Hey, stranger things have happened. Raul, thank you, buddy. Appreciate the support on Facebook. Uh, Michael says, hey, want to say thanks to Broncos Country for yesterday's birthday wishes. Means a lot to me. Go Broncos. That's right. I'm glad you bring that up, Michael. I spaced it because watching the Building the Broncos stream, I saw that it was your birthday. Happy belated birthday. Happy birthday. From your football priest. Yep. Love you, bro. Appreciate everything you do for us. Hope it was a good day. Uh, Tony D.A. Dub in the house. Got a chance to meet him a couple weeks back, which was really cool. Oh, so brief, but very cool. He says, Pat Shermer is not only bad, he is stubborn. Having a banged up wide receiver room, you still want to throw deep on first down and not utilize the talented tight ends we have? Or is it the organization in general just being Mm. old and stubborn? I think that's part of it. But see, that's why he's here anyway, because he's a symptom – of the Fangio virus, for lack of a better term. All right. It's a, maybe not a great metaphor here, but he was a symptom of the Fangio virus, which sprung off, you know, the, the Elway uh, bug, if you want to call it that, <laughs> where it's just out of, yeah, old school, out of date, you know, Zach, I'll, I'll let you use your uh, rub and sticks together, right? That whole <laughs> yeah. time to get into the 21st century of the NFL, boys and girls, and Pat Shermer ain't it. Vic Fangio ain't it. 37 or 35 years, 36 years in the league before he was hired to be the Denver Broncos head coach. So yeah, you need a infusion of youth from a vision perspective, from a juice perspective, from, you know, just the way the league is trending perspective and Pat Shermer, not it. Mike Shula, not it. Et al. I I was going to say to a previous uh, comment about Bridgewater getting some blame. I, I don't think Bridgewater even cracks the top five for week five and, and who is should be assigned blame. Let me say this, though, kind of ties to this question as well. You can have both. You can have a middle-of-the-pack quarterback with maybe average arm strength and average physical talent and have a coordinator so stuck in the mud and stuck in 1985 like Pat Shermer. You can have one or the other, but not both. You can have a 60-year-old defensive-minded stubborn old man yelling at clouds as your head coach and having a 59-year-old 
guy yelling at the clouds right next to him, joining him at Bingo Hall, Chad, for the early bird special, as we mentioned. So it's one, really one or the other, and it's an organizational issue, and I think maybe Elway overcompensated by having the younger guy in Vance Joseph, so we went with an older guy who we felt he was more on his level. But the bigger issue is when Fangio fired the one young guy, the up-and-coming riser, who finally put his finger to the wind and felt the way it was blowing in Rich Scangarello and replaced him with the guy who rolled the offense back to at least two decades ago. So yeah, it's a, it's an organizational issue, but when you have the head coach of the offense, when that stubborn 60-year-old defensive-minded head coach yelling at clouds gives full autonomy to the 59-year-old Chad, and he's the head coach of the offense, and when the head coach doesn't watch the offense on the field... That's where the problem lies. He has full control of the offense, and it's bad control right now. The Broncos have Clint Eastwood from El Camino running the team. (laughs) Now, don't get me wrong. I'm a fan of Clint Eastwood, the actor and the movies he makes. He's phenomenal. But uh, you got an old man running the show, and it's not working out so well. Simon, what's good, dude? Up in Canada, one of our great superstars, and there are so many of them that prove Broncos country. It's not a geographic location, baby. It's a state of being. It's wherever you are. Simon's up there in Canada, and uh, it's getting cold up there from what I hear. Hello, all. What are your thoughts on Byron Leftwich for offensive coordinator? The boys on Broncos for Breakfast were speaking on this, and I wanted your perspective. Denver Broncos for life. What's your thoughts on old Lefty coming in, the the man who was once so gritty that – he had played on a broken leg at Marshall and his, his O lineman freaking carried him down the field on a final drive. Epic. If yeah. I remember right. Legendary. Yep. Didn't quite work out as a first round pick of the Jacksonville Jaguars as a quarterback, but yeah, he's a legendary figure. He wasn't the worst quarterback. I mean, he no. didn't obviously achieve superstar status, but he, he can throw the ball around a little bit. He's another head coaching candidate. I don't think he would settle for an offensive coordinator job. I think he's ready to lead a team because that's the way the NFL goes. You hire the younger guy with upside, not the older guy with just a floor remaining. So if they want to look to Leftwich, it would be as a head coaching candidate as far as I'm concerned, not an offensive coordinator role that he already has. Why would he give up being with Brady, you know, in Tampa Bay and not just, you know, aim for something higher as a head coach? But it's only going to help his resume, not only the fact that he you know, contributed to a big win for Tampa Bay last year, but that he's, through osmosis, been able to you know, spend some time with Tom Brady. I mean, that's going to help him when his time comes and he wants to start interviewing for those jobs. And Arians, too. I, yeah, exactly. And I wouldn't be opposed to him as a candidate. I would definitely look at him if, he wants, if he's Same. in the running. You know, If he wants to be a head coach, he might not want to be. Uh, Pete? It's really weird because based on the back end of what we can see on, on Facebook, uh, I just checked and it still shows only the uh, one 800. He says, Doug sent two 800 plus stars and one 2000. So more than 3,600 in total helping us get to our goal. It's showing me from him 830 for what it's worth, but we'll update that at the very end. And hopefully, you know, it'll, it'll be accurate, but either way, Doug. Yeah. Thank you. You're the man, dude. You're the man. Keep her coming. The queen. the queen. We jinxed ourselves. Now we can't speak for 11 minutes. Just kidding. The queen, though. <laughs> Love you. Appreciate you. Thank you so much. What more can be said? Uh, let us know, though, when you get your jersey, by the way. It has been ordered. Thank you, Christy. Love you. Good to see you. Yes, indeed. All right. We are 49 minutes. We're running out of time here. So uh, let's grab Nathan with a 
not a super sticker as was his first. Now it's a super chat. Thank you, Nathan. He says, do you think coaching candidates would view the Broncos job? And then in parentheses, unsure ownership questions at quarterback of the future more favorably than say the Raiders job, as far as stability, ownership, stability, and quarterback. That's a good question, man, that I don't know the answer. I don't think, look, for a time, Zach, John Elway, he didn't fire Vance Joseph because he, he was told that he risked being becoming known as a coach killer in the league. And so he dragged his feet, let him come back for one more year, and it obviously blew up in his face. And then Vance, or, uh, pardon, Vic Fangio hasn't really made him look so good. The Broncos continue to struggle. Denver, for all of the success we've had as a organization and being one of the most storied franchises in the league, the last five years has really, and now this will be six, set this team back, Zach, in terms of how it is perceived by players and coaches within the league. So that's a good question. But I do think that regardless of what uh, happens as far as ownership is concerned, when candidates get in front of George Payton, I think they'll be impressed if they don't already know him. Yeah, but can you even say the Raiders have stable ownership? They have Mark Davis's bowl cut <laughs> at the top of the of the hierarchy there. I mean, it's it's kind of a, a mockery of what the Raiders used to be. And there's been the rumors about uh, Derek Carr and the Raiders maybe moving on from him or trading him. So coaches are going to go where they think is the best fit. And I think, honestly, you bring up a good point, you know, indirectly, Chad. George Payton finally coming out of the shadows of Minnesota and being an assistant and finally taking a general manager job. And that job is with the Broncos. I mean, this is not a story team of late. They haven't made the playoffs in a half decade now. And Payton, as revered as he was, he decided to make the plunge and come to Denver. I think head coaches could feel the same way. It also would depend on where the Broncos are picking because that head coach would probably want to get his quarterback in the draft. A lot of factors at play that we can't answer right now, but I don't think they have a disadvantage compared to the Raiders. I think uh, circumstances will dictate, and those circumstances are unforeseen at the current moment. Kayaka, what's good, brother? This guy uh, went from being a superstar, he's still a superstar, to being a good friend of ours after the meet and greet. We got to spend... In fact, I probably spent the most time about everyone I got to meet that day hanging out with Kayaka because we, we caught the game together. So hope you're doing well, bro. He says, and thank you for the super chat, my man. He says, what's the status on OJ? I prefer him, Michael OJ Moody. I prefer him over Fuller at this point. Couldn't be worse. Much aloha, fellas. Hashtag beat the Raiders. I'm trying to rack my brain here. I'll double check the quotes that we got sent here. On whether Fangio even addressed Michael O today as a as a topic, but to my knowledge, he didn't. Let me just I'm just skimming through real quick here. Yeah, he didn't even come up. So like he's still on injured reserve, man. He's still basically a non-factor. I mean, I think they're excited to get back Ronald Darby, who can be the cornerback one. I think they're excited about the development of Pat Sertan. I think, obviously, Bryce Callahan is playing at a really high level right now. So you have three cornerbacks who you feel confident in. And if Kyle Fuller can never get it turned around, you don't need Michael Ojemudia. And I think, as you kind of pointed out there, where the organization stands right now, they're not as high on him as the fans want them to be, it seems like. Most definitely. Good to see you, bro. David again. I would say if Fangio doesn't fire Shermer, then Fangio should be fired along with Shermer, not to mention McMahon. And by the way, looking good in that uh, profile pic with the MHH t-shirt. Send us that picture, bro. 
Uh, and we'll do just like we did yesterday with uh, Travis Weber. We put him up on MHH Instagram, Flex, shout you out. We love doing that. Uh, Mark Johnson, more stars. He's trying to angle for that second jersey. He's going for the Pat Sertan. So appreciate that, bro. Um, but, guys, we are about out of time tonight. Tony D.A. Dub jumping in again late. Thank you, brother. Thank you. All I can say, ownership. I hate a sale. It's probably his price. Let's see. Uh, I hate a sale. It's probably his price. Zach, I need your syntax <laughs> interpretation on this. I know it's autocorrect probably for him, but I talking about prices being high for everything from uh, tickets to parking, etc. I think he's saying he would hate to see that play out, but it's needed to turn this thing around. You know, having yeah. a sale of the team and having a stable owner. I mean, everything. If it's attached to an NFL franchise, everything is pricey, man. But I think Denver is. You know, when you look at some of those extenuating. Um, factors as you say like the parking i mean buying a little von miller doll that i did to bring back for my little infant son who loves this little von miller doll by the way because he's fuzzy and soft he loves playing with that thing but everything is outsized you know the broncos because even in the depths of uh just really bad perennial slump unprecedented since the 60s for this franchise this is a club that can still live high on the hog and because it sells out all of its tickets every year, right? The Broncos are still the hottest ticket in town when it comes to Denver. And as such, Zach, they can still kind of write their own checks and charge the prices that they want and people will pay it. So that doesn't really change. I think Tony at a certain point, a lot of that's out of the Broncos hands in terms of certain pricing. But for the most part, that doesn't change unless the people want it to change and in order for people to want it to change they got to stop going to the games they got to stop buying the merchandise they got to stop going to the tailgate and i'm not advocating for anyone to do that by the way i'm not saying go do that send a message i am not saying that i just don't think that's going to happen broncos fans are just you know we live and die on the team and i mean imagine even as bad as it's been zach five five and a quarter seasons in a row now where it's just been crappy Imagine getting through a calendar year without being able to talk about and see the Broncos. And, you know, this is this is what people like us, what we live for. And um, we saw it firsthand, too, at the Jets game, Chad. I mean, you can talk about the Broncos not having an owner, not making the playoffs in many years. But Broncos country is the best and they always show out and uh, they'll always go to the games. They'll always buy the merchandise because they're so invested and they're so passionate about this team. On a macro level, though, I don't ever put too much stock in ownership as the reason why a team does or doesn't do well. If you have the right coaches, if you have the right players, it doesn't matter if your owner if your owner is Daniel Snyder, if it doesn't matter if your owner or the fans, like in the Packers case, if you have the right people in place below that level, you can have sustainable success. Look at Washington. They made the playoffs last year, and Daniel Snyder is their owner. So it'd be nice to finally put that situation to bed. But I think the bigger issue, the more pressing issue, is getting the right coaches in the building and then going from there. All right, guys. Last one. And then we got to go from Naj, the life of the party. Mr. A shot of life.com. Naj Altaf in the house. He, he's like Nas Altif from uh, Fast and the Furious. Exactly. He <laughs> says, hey, bros, the Broncos have gone 24 games without an opening drive touchdown. This has to be some of the worst ineptitude of scripting opening plays by an offensive coordinator. 
What do you feel Shermer must do to change this? Um, I know it's, and it's what makes it all the more ironic, Naj, is that Shermer, as a West Coast offense guy, you know, he's one of those that scripts the first 18. You know, every, what needs to change? I don't know, man. It's everything from the freaking execution to the Whoa. X's and O's. Um, oh, snap. Two Dale. more, two, the last, we've had multiple meet and greet superstars show out here tonight. Dale being one of them. Thank and, you. uh, so much. We, we got to hang out with and meet Dale and his awesome wife, Gretchen, at the game. And uh, <laughs> I know he treated Eric and Lance to uh, a nice view of the game in the stadium as well. So, D-Dub96734, love you, bro. His message is, Shermer does not have the chops. This year, it's not over. Yeah. So, I guess the question on that front as we segue – well, first of all, Zach, what's your answer to Naj on the topic of how do you turn the ship around from a – coaching perspective to score touchdowns on opening drives. Pat Schirmer should resign. That would turn it around immediately. You know, he should get out of the way. Uh, just play to your team's strengths. I mean, and play to your opponent's weaknesses. It's really not that hard. If you have a running back averaging over six yards a carry, give him the ball near the goal line. If a player like Tim Patrick catches literally everything thrown to him, throw him up the ball in the red zone. This really isn't rocket science, Chad, but Pat Shermer and the Broncos make it so much harder than it has to be. Play to your team's strengths. Play with tempo. Play with some pace. Play with some, God forbid, creativity, and you would find a night and day difference immediately on offense. Anyway, Dale, yes, dude. The year is not over, and one silver lining to uh, look forward to is if the Broncos realize, hey, Shermer, you're not it, and Fangio's like, look, I need a little window. I need to take a little pressure off, you know, alleviate some of this. I need a pressure-reducing valve here. Shermer, you're gone. There's a good chance Mike Shula might be able to do more with what this team has because he coordinated a great offense in Carolina for a minute there, you know, and he's got a lot of experience comes, you know, his pedigree speaks for itself with his father and whatnot. But uh, Joe, appreciate that, bro. Appreciate you being with us uh, guys. We got to dip on out of here though. Uh, we have reached the time where we must say goodbye. And again, Dale, give our best to Gretchen. I hope everyone's doing well in your neck of the woods, brother. Um, Zach, if you wouldn't mind getting to our, our little matters of business rundown, I'll pull up how we finished on Facebook. I shall. Uh, thank you guys for tuning in with us tonight. Until we see you guys next time, be sure to follow the Huddle Up Pod on Twitter at Huddle Up Pod. You can follow the main account for all your Broncos news, analysis, rumors, film breakdowns, transactions, and so much more at Mile High Huddle. You can follow Chad on Twitter as you can see at Chad and Jensen. You can follow myself at Kelberman NFL. If you haven't already, go to huddleuppod.com and get your swag on. Get yourself a football priest, her, football priest hat. I was looking at your vest. I was going to say vest. Get yourself a hoodie. Get yourself a coffee cup. Anything and everything is in that store. Also, facebook.com slash huddle. Become a supporter. Big blue button. Three exclusive shows at your fingertips. Kelberman's Corner, Broncos Book Club, and Trickle Zone. We appreciate your viewership on those programs. Also, facebook.com slash pod. Like that page and follow that page. And if you haven't already, go to Apple Podcasts and leave your football priest a five-star review for a chance to win some swag. Each and every month, we appreciate all the entrance so far. But if you can't do any of those things, do these three things that take a few seconds. Subscribe, like, and share. This video and every single video you see on the MHH channel helps us grow and reach more Broncos fans just like you. That's right, baby. Here's how we finished on Facebook. Shout out to each one of these superstar senders. Shane Daniels at the top. Michael at two. Mark Johnson at three. 
Doug, see, it's this is what it's showing. It's showing this on uh, Facebook, and I've tried to update it and refresh it, and that's what it keeps showing. But either way, Doug, thank you, bro. That's not nothing. That's something, and we appreciate you. Josh Hoyle, James Grossman, David Wilder, Pete Middleton, Mike Reno, Andrew Lampy, Raul Camarillo, Colby C. Collier, Andrew Baker, Gary Leeds Palmer, and Lawrence Rivera. Much love to you guys. As Zach said, we'll uh, we'll catch you on the flip flop. But remember, we need you to go to Apple Podcasts. All right, leave us a five star review. You get a little something back in the form of the chance to win some swag. We're going to do a drawing, and uh, just like we did last week or last month, send out a little piece of swag. I think it was Colby who won the swag uh, from last month. That is going out uh, tomorrow, by the way, Colby. So look for that. First of next week is probably when you'll be getting it. But thanks. Subscribe, like, share. Love you guys. And Zach, sign us off, bro. We'll see you tomorrow, gang. Tomorrow night, 6 o'clock Mountain, 8 o'clock Eastern, Mile High Mailbag. We'll get you guys ready for the upcoming matchup versus the Oakland Raiders, Las Vegas Raiders. And tomorrow morning, check out Broncos for Breakfast if you haven't already set your calendars and reminders for that. But until we see you guys next time, take care, and as always, go Broncos. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going.